Welcome to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. Tonight we have founder Don Milne with us, and today we're going to be going over our um, stories that Don found while he was doing his uh, World War II 100 Fallen blog. Hi. Thanks for joining us tonight, Don. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a story that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, in fact, this one here, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. Um, I'm not going to mention someone's name in the story, but when I get through it, maybe during the story towards the end, let's see if you can guess who it is that I'm not mentioning. You're not as much of a World War II nerd as I am, so maybe you, as you hear this, it won't become obvious who it is, but maybe it will, so let's find out. Okay, let's see. (laughs) I'm telling a story today about a fellow by the name of William Gardner White. He went by the nickname Ted, though. And uh, he was born in, on February 25th in 1918 in Minnesota. His parents were Edwin and Anna, and they were born in Massachusetts and Ohio, respectively. Now, Edwin, his father, he worked as the president of a stock and bonds firm. And later, he became an investment banker. Uh, William had an older sister, so he was the only son in the family. So with his dad being in stocks and bonds and as an investment banker, it's not surprising that after he graduated from high school in Minnesota, that William was accepted to Yale University. He was a member of a secretive and exclusive club called Skull and Bones, and he graduated in 1942. So that was right when the war just barely started when he graduated. He joined the Navy at that point. He was commissioned as an ensign in June of 1942, and he rose to the rank of lieutenant junior grade, and he became a squadron ordnance officer in squadron VT-51. This squadron was assigned to the light carrier USS San Jacinto. Um, It was equipped with uh, TBM-1C Avenger torpedo bomber. So as an ordnance officer, he would have been in charge of uh, making sure the supply of, of bombs or whatever ordnance they were using uh, were all up to snuff and exactly what they needed to have for their missions. So on September 2nd of 1944, VT-51 was given the mission to bomb a radio transmitter uh, on a nearby island. So the pilot of this plane the name of the plane was Barbara Two. I'm not going to tell you who that pilot was right now. Um, but his father and William's father were Yale classmates. So the fathers of these two men attended Yale at the same time, uh, obviously generation before. And Lieutenant White, he flew in the gunner position on the Avenger torpedo bomber. An Avenger torpedo bomber had three a three-man crew. He had the pilot. You had the uh, radio man, and then you had uh, the, 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 the person that was there that was uh, um, the crewman that was the, the gunner. So um, the third person on this plane today was uh, John Delaney, and he was the radio man. So as they were making the bomb run, the, the plane ran into heavy flat. The plane was hit in the belly, the fire spread to the wings. Um, the pilot was able to successfully release 
his four uh, 500 pound bombs. And then he flew out to sea, but he realized with the uh, plane so badly damaged that it was never gonna make it back to the carrier. So he ordered everyone on board to jump out of the plane. So as the gunner, Lieutenant White, uh, he would normally had not be wearing a parachute during the flight. In an Avenger plane, the procedure was you only put on a parachute at the last minute if you needed to, because it just didn't really fit well in that particular station on the plane. So only if it was in danger would you put on the uh, parachute. So he probably didn't have a lot of training to put on the chute because this isn't what he normally does. He's an ordnance officer, but he was flying for observation purposes in the place of the gunner at the time. So um, he his chute, he, he may not have been able to jump or if he did, maybe the chute didn't open because the observers did see one man jump, but the chute did not deploy. So the pilot of the plane, he was in a life raft for four hours before he was rescued by a submarine, the USS Finback. And uh, that's uh, so much I haven't mentioned the pilot. You want to guess who the pilot was? This is Tatiana. I'm interrupting the podcast to ask you to do me a favor. Please subscribe. I know you hear that a million times on YouTube and all over everything, but it really does help us grow. As we get more listeners, we're able to uh, reach your audience and tell these stories to more people, which I think honestly is the main goal that we're trying to accomplish here is get these stories told to the next generation so that we honor and you know remember these fallen. On a side note, if you know who the pilot was, put your answer in the comments. As you'll find out, I'm not very good at this answering. And thank you so much for listening and go back to continuing listening to the podcast. I know that the Kennedys had a son in World War II. No, but you're thinking in the right direction. This was a future president of the United States by the name of George Bush. Oh, but George Bush. Oh, wow. So wow. he was a pilot, and the guy that was flying with his plane that day was a family friend. Uh, earlier I mentioned that the uh, uh, two fathers had attended Yale together. So um, it's kind of a scary situation um, in that particular location where the Americans were flying. The name of the island was Chichijima, and the Japanese, when they would capture the pilots that were bombing, would regularly uh, kill their prisoners and even practice ritual cannibalism. So super scary uh, things that were obviously uh, avoided in the case of who would w one day become the president of the United States. And it's kind of interesting. Here we have one Yale president. He's pretty well known for being a World War II uh, flyer and a hero. Um, but here's this other person, also a Yale graduate, also from a prominent family. And who's ever heard of uh, Lieutenant William White? He just isn't well known. Even when they talk about President Bush and his story, if you hear anything about uh, the other people on the plane, it's just in passing. So it's, it's, again, kind of why we're doing this project, the stories behind the stars, is it's not just the presidents, the future presidents that we want to have remembered. It's, it's the people that paid the price that made it possible for them to come home. And it also teaches us 
these people gave something up. Um, someone in his position, maybe he would have been the one that would have become president. It, it just didn't happen because he didn't make it home. So because he uh, uh, remains were never recovered, he's now memorialized at the Court of the Missing uh, in Honolulu Memorial. That's the punch bowl there in uh, Hawaii. You can find his name carved on stone there. So eventually, um, well, when, when his story gets written for the stories behind the Stars Project, and again, right now, this one was only on my blog. So only if you found on the blog would you see it. When people were to are to visit the uh, punch bowl, they'll be able to use the smartphone app to read his story. So that's the story of William Gardner White. I think that's one of the fun things about doing this project is finding all the connections between like all the small connections. And I know as I've interviewed other researchers, that's one thing they'll say, you know, um, yeah, I, I met this one person who had a connection with um, uh, this other, with others, with this other person. Um, I remember one of the podcasts in the past talked about how he met someone on the bus and then they said, Hey, I have these, this, these old, uh, this old purple heart, and I'd like to get it back to the right owner. And I don't know how to do that. And so like you get all these unique connections that are fascinating and kind of show you like, you know, the, how history is more a story of, of all individuals working and, and living and, and striving together rather than like a, a story of just these, you know, iconic, like, uh, you know, 40, 47 or however many presidents we've have, you know, it's not just about that, you know, being, there's other aspects to our history that are just as fascinating and helpful and insightful. And so I think that's so, such a cool story to highlight is that here's a fallen that served with, you know, a future president. That's just really crazy. Yeah, and he, he only had one sister, so he was the only son in the family. Uh, they probably had a lot of hopes on him, dad being an investment banker and was able to get his son into Yale. So that's kind of like a golden ticket back in the day, probably still is now, and didn't make it back. And I think it also speaks for um, that generation. Um, you probably don't get as many people attending the Ivy League colleges that decide I'm going to serve our country. For, for good or bad, I think it's a, a good testament to our greatest generation that just because I went to Yale doesn't mean that I'm not going to volunteer to serve my country. So when you were doing research on this name, I mean, it was a while ago, right? But did, did you find that there was a lot of information about him because he was the president's friend? Or was this mostly just information you found in the recesses of the Internet? Well, because uh, President Bush was on this final mission, a lot of what I was able to write, people have written about this, but they're focusing on President Bush. And they just would barely mention the other two people in, his, in the, the plane. Um, so I had to do more research to find some of the background about uh, Lieutenant White. Uh, we have this other person who's on the plane too, John Delaney. I didn't write about him, but that's a story that someone needs to write. And that would be kind of interesting to see what his background was, the, the radio man. So both of those men passed and just President Bush survived then? Yeah, yeah, he's, he, uh, he survived. And luckily there was a, 
a submarine close by because if the Japanese would have got to him first, um, he, he probably would have been executed. And like I mentioned, they just have these weird realist, um, they just have these weird ritualistic ceremonies where some of the Japanese officers would be parts of the um, executed Americans. Yeah, that's part of a, the fringe history you don't read a lot about, mostly probably because of its graphic nature. So that is that is part of the that specific theater story. Well, thanks for sharing this that story and hopefully we'll inspire someone to find out what else happened to those individuals uh, on the plane and their story. And um, there's plenty other uh, fallen from that light carrier, the San Jacinto, it was hit by a kamikaze plane at one point in the war. So there were probably some casualties from that. And anytime you had uh, people taken off on aircraft carriers, especially these smaller light carriers, um, you uh, had crashes and people not making it back. And so there's a lot of fallen uh, from the air service in, in the Pacific that we need stories about all of them written. So I look forward to more people volunteering and getting these stories down so that uh, they can be remembered along with uh, President Bush's service in World War II.